All right, how we doing tonight, M12? Hey, it's so good to see you guys tonight. And if you are here for the first time, we just want to say welcome. And you are a part of the family, so we hope that you come every single week. We do M12 every Wednesday, 7 to 9. And if you were here with us last week, you know we started a three-week series called Secrets. Now, the big idea about secrets is that bad things grow in the dark. We talked about this last week. Bad things grow in the dark. In other words, the more you keep something hidden or something secret, right, the worse it becomes, the more it begins to grow and becomes more and more, right, of a problem. And so last week, if you were with us, we talked about secret sin. And I really want to say this. I'm really proud of those of you that decided to share the secret sin that you've been battling. You came up and you put that on the, on the stage here, and we've been praying over those. And so I hope that you've begun to feel some freedom in your life. One of our prayers for this series, right, is that you would feel the freedom that comes through God's forgiveness because of Jesus Christ instead of being bound by your sin or bound by the things that are, you know, not so good choices uh, in your life. And so tonight I want to pick that up in week two, and I want to talk about secret doubts. Secret doubts. Doubt meaning something that you um, doubt the existence of something bigger than you or something that you see in books and in movies, but you wonder, is it really, really true? And perfect example is the narwhal. Now, how many of you guys have ever heard of a narwhal? Okay. Well, here's the thing. We're just coming out of the Christmas season, which means that most of us, most of us have seen the movie Elf at least two or three times, right? Maybe five, maybe ten, maybe a hundred. And there is a narwhal in the movie Elf. Now, narwhal is this, this mythical beast, right? Think a whale meets a unicorn, all right? But to jog your memory, I want to show you this 30-second clip, so check it out. All right, so here's the question. Are narwhals real? Okay? So if you think narwhals are real, raise your hand. 100% real. What if you say, I doubt it, that's just a mythical creature, there's no way, raise your hand. Okay, well here's the deal about narwhals, they are 100% real. They are real. And I brought some pictures, check out the pictures of a narwhal, that is what it looks like. Listen to this, I want you guys to listen to this, this is kind of fascinating, I, I found this when you go to Google. Often dubbed, shh, often dubbed as the unicorns of the sea, narwhals are strange and beautiful creatures with long tusks protruding from their heads. There are more than 80,000 narwhals in existence. They can weigh up to 4,200 pounds and grow as long as 17 feet in length. They're real. Isn't that crazy? Now, if I were, you know, a betting man... I would have said they're not real because it's just this creature on elf, you know what I'm saying? But they are 100% real. They seem magical. They seem fake. It seems like a, a fairy tale, but they are real. And you and I have every reason to doubt that they're real over, or excuse me, that they're fake over being real. But sometimes just because we doubt something, right, just because I may doubt something doesn't mean 
that it's not true. For example, if you were going to say, oh, yeah, I just doubt the whole gravity thing, right? You can doubt gravity, but that doesn't mean that gravity doesn't happen. Because when I drop the Coke can, gravity occurs. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. I had a dream last night that I dropped that and it just hovered. Wouldn't that be cool? But it didn't happen. So gravity is real. And you can doubt it all that you want. You can doubt it all that you want. But that doesn't mean that your doubt is valid. Doesn't mean that it's real. Doesn't mean that it's true. Now, when it comes to narwhals, it's easy to have doubts because narwhals don't really matter. It's just a fun crazy idea, right? But really, when it comes down to it, we have doubts that are far more serious than narwhals. For example, maybe you have doubts about God. Maybe you have doubts about yourself. Maybe you have doubts about the way that God sees you or the way that God looks at you or the the things that God thinks about you. And when it comes to doubting or doubts, maybe you're afraid to question things in your life because you're afraid of how it may make you look. Maybe you think, I'll be letting God down or I'll be letting family down or M12 down. And so you're afraid to face your doubts or your questions because you don't want to look bad. Or maybe you're in here tonight and you think, God, isn't it kind of wrong to have doubts? I mean, if I have doubts about something, isn't that kind of not a good thing? And it bothers you. And I want to give you something right out of the gate that I think is going to be helpful for you. It's on your notes if you want to write it down. It is okay to have doubts. It's okay to have doubts. If you have doubts, that's okay. I have doubts. That's okay, right? Sometimes we think that having doubts is a bad thing. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Having doubts is normal. I would say that most of us in here, we have some kind of doubts about something that is significant in our life. I'm not talking about make-believe characters on movies, but we have significant doubts in our life. And here's the thing that matters most, is that doubts are okay. What matters is what you do when you have those doubts. And I want you to think about it like this. Really, when it comes down to it, when it comes to doubting and doubts, we really have two directions we could go. See, doubting takes us into this game of hide and seek. So you and I, when we have a doubt, when we have an area of doubt in our life, we can either hide that, keep it a secret, keep it contained, not talk about it, not ask questions, or we can seek the truth. We can find the answer. We can research. We can dig in. We can do what it takes to try to figure out, is this doubt valid or is it not? And I want to give you a thought tonight that we're going to rally around that I want to encourage you with. And here it is. Instead of doubt, choose to discover. So instead of doubt in your life, instead of doubting, choose Because you have that choice, choose to discover. So instead of doubting and keeping things a secret, choose to discover where the truth is simply simply put, seek truth. Seek after the truth. Take your doubt and seek after what is true. The truth, right? 
Now, what's interesting is some of you, some, sometimes we might think that we're the only one that has doubts. I know I've felt that way before. And, and the reality is when you look in the Bible and when you look at story after story of where Jesus would go, is that Jesus Christ himself was surrounded by doubting people. I mean, you can look in story after story, and what's interesting, I've been reading the Bible, I'm doing this Bible plan through the New Testament, and I've been reading a lot of the New Testament each morning, and one of the things that's interesting is there were times in Scripture where Jesus would literally perform a miracle, and the next chapter, people would doubt whether or not Jesus could perform another miracle. I mean, he was surrounded by doubt. He was surrounded by doubt. And there's an actual, there's a story in the Scripture that I want to read with you if you want to get that Bible below you or in front of you and turn open with me on page number 1012. Page number 1012. And while you're doing that, what happens is this dad comes to Jesus. And he asks Jesus if he could heal his son. His son had had this since he was born, literally since he was a child, he had had this possession this demon possession over his life. He would convulse and he would foam out of the mouth is what the Bible says. And so he comes to Jesus and he says, you know, will you heal my son? And what happens is the disciples, right, the very guys that followed Jesus around, that went where Jesus went, they started doubting whether or not Jesus could really heal this boy. And then the townspeople and all the people around the disciples, then they started doubting. And then the dad, while he's literally asking Jesus to heal his son, he begins to doubt. See, Jesus was surrounded by doubt. And I want you to read this with me in chapter 9 of Mark, uh, verse number 21, if you want to read along. It says this, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into a fire or water to kill him. So this is a big deal. But Jesus, if you can do anything, take pity and help us. Understand that. If you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. In other words, the father was, in this moment, he was saying, I do believe, but I don't believe. I, I want to believe, but I don't know how to believe, right? And it's kind of like us, like, God, I, I want to follow you, I want to love you, but sometimes I, I don't know how, or Sometimes I have doubts. Sometimes I have questions. Sometimes I don't know what to do or how to do that. Help me to overcome my doubts because I've been keeping my doubts a secret. And I need your help to believe what is true. See, students, Jesus was surrounded. He was surrounded by doubts. But every single story he didn't hide it. Jesus addressed it. And not only did Jesus address it, but Jesus encouraged the people that he was with to seek out the truth. And I think if Jesus were standing here tonight, he would encourage you to do the same thing. So when it comes to the doubts that you have, those things that are already started going through your mind as I'm talking, 
Jesus would say, well, seek out the truth. Seek after the truth. Discover the truth. You don't have to hide it or be afraid or ashamed of questions that you have or doubts that you have. Instead, you can discover what is real and what is true. And I think Jesus would tell us there's two primary ways that we can do that. First thing is this. Take your doubts to God's word. I'd love for you to write that down. Take your doubts to God's word. Take your doubts to God's word. And when it comes to areas in your life where you have doubts, ask yourself, well, what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible have to say about this area? And, and obviously sometimes there are areas or things, doubts that we have that the Bible doesn't answer. Like, is Bigfoot real? You know what I'm saying? There's nothing about Bigfoot in the Bible. Sorry. But when it comes to more significant life issues and questions that you have about God, the Bible is very clear and there's a lot in the Scripture that will help you in the areas where you struggle with doubts. And I know that in a room like this, some of you, you're thinking on the level or on the side of the coin of the, the scientific thing, the, the evolution thing, the Big Bang Theory. And I want to be honest with you. I'm not going to go there tonight. I want to go a different direction tonight. But I will say this. When it comes to God's existence and creation and all of those things, it is chock full in the Bible of what is true. But what I want to talk about tonight is I want to talk about three doubts that I think are most common, most likely, in this room. Now, these doubts may not be things that you have doubted before. This may not be something that you can relate to, but it may be something that you can relate to very, very closely. And if you have other doubts that you have, I encourage you tonight, take advantage of your small group time and maybe share some of those questions or doubts that you are having and talk about it as a group. Pray about it as a group. But here's the thing. Take your doubts to God's word. The first doubt is this. I doubt God's love for me. You hear a statement like, man, God loves you. Or God loves me. And the reality is you hear that and it's really hard for you to believe that it's actually true. Now, I don't know why you would struggle with that. Maybe you would struggle with that because of something that you've done. Maybe you would struggle with that statement because you don't actually love who you are. You don't love yourself. And so it's hard to believe that God would love you if you don't love you. Or maybe it's because of a mistake that you've made and you just struggle to think, how in the world could God, how in the world could God love, love me? But students, God's word is very clear about his love. And I want to read a couple verses to you. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. In other words, God does love you, and the way that he shows and proves his love for you is that he sent Jesus Christ, his one and only Son, 
to die on the cross for your sin. Not because of anything that you have done, but because of what he did for you. Not because you deserved it, but because he chose to take your place. Then the Bible moves on and it says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. In other words, again, this is how I prove, not that I have to, but this is the way that God proves his love for you. The statement, God loves me, is true because he sent Jesus. And you know what's cool about God's love is that nothing has the power to change it. It is unchangeable. It is immovable. And I know that to be true because of this verse. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate you and me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so if you tonight would say, yes, I doubt that God loves me, well, look at what the Bible tells us. Nothing, nothing you have done, nothing you haven't done, right? Nothing, nothing in this world, not height, not depth, not mistakes, not failures, not what people say about you, not what you even think about yourself can separate you from God's amazing, everlasting, eternal love. So if you doubt that, take your doubts to the Scripture. Take your doubts to God's Word. Take your doubts to the Bible. Secondly, maybe you're here tonight and you would say, you know, I doubt God's forgiveness for my sin. Because maybe you think, well, man, I hear you say God forgives me for my sin, but does he really know what I've done? Like, does he really understand um, the mistakes that I have made, the things that I have chosen to do, the way that I have lived my life at times, the things I've said, the ways I've acted, the ways I've treated people? Does he know what happens between me and my parents? Does he know what happens between me and my friends? Does, does God really know all of that? And you're telling me that God forgives me for those sins? Absolutely. It's a valid doubt to have, but when you take your doubts to the Word, and when you take your doubts to the Bible, it's answered. The Bible says this, if we confess our sin, which some of you, you did that last week, which is why I pray and hope that you are experiencing freedom in your life. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. All. Every sin. Every sin that you've committed up to this point tonight and every sin that you will commit from this point tonight to the rest of your life, all sins all unrighteousness. It doesn't put an age gap on this. It says all, every bit of it. And then it moves on. It says, 
As far as the east is from the west, so far has he, meaning God, removed our transgressions, meaning our sin, from us. God forgives you. And if you're sitting here tonight and you would say, gosh, it's, I doubt God's forgiveness. Take your doubts to God's word. And what God's word tells us tonight is that he does forgive you and he does forgive me. It's an amazing thing. I can't explain, I can't explain it. Just have to accept it. And the last thing is really personal, and I really I want to encourage everyone in this room to listen very, very closely and very intently. Maybe you're in here tonight, you would say, I doubt my salvation. Or I doubt my own relationship with God. I had a friend in high school who was a speaker. He, he would go to churches like this and he would speak to youth groups. And he would do this for years. And all throughout those years, he was doubting his own relationship with God. It's a valid doubt to have. Maybe you would say, I doubt my salvation. I doubt whether or not I really know God. I doubt if I really ever, you know, gave my life uh, to to Christ. And, And some of you have that doubt. And I want you to understand something tonight. Realize that the enemy, Satan, wants you and me to doubt. He wants doubt to cloud us, to to muddy the waters for us. He wants you to doubt God loves you. He wants you to doubt that God really does forgive you for your sins. And he definitely wants you to doubt your relationship with God. But here's the thing. Here's what's true is that some of you in this room, you have made the decision to say yes to Jesus Christ. You have been saved. The Bible says that you are sealed And that nothing can snatch you out of the Father's hand. That you are saved. You are a child of God. That doesn't mean that you are perfect. That doesn't mean that you don't have struggles because we all do. But for some of you, you just need to claim what God's word says because when it comes to your salvation, you have nailed that down and you have said yes. And he is now a part of your life. And for others of you, the truth is that you thought that maybe you made that decision. Because here's what I want you to think about, and and I want you to listen to this. When we make a decision to put our life in God's hands, to trust Jesus with our life, things are going to change, students. We're not going to be the same people that we were before. Eventually, we're going to become more and more and more like Christ. Jesus is going to, God is going to come in. He's going to start changing our attitude. He's going to start start changing the way that we look at life and our perspective. He's going to start changing the way that we treat people. And some of you, the reality is that you have made a decision to follow Jesus, but it's been so emotional and there's been no life change. You're no different. You thought you did that, but there's been no difference. And so when you say, I doubt my salvation, it is valid because it never happened. And I want to give you an opportunity tonight to settle that. Because here's the the beautiful thing about tonight. 
is that you can walk out of this room and you can say, I don't doubt my salvation because I nailed it down tonight. I said yes to Jesus tonight. Maybe you have prayed that prayer before, but you didn't really mean it, or you didn't really know what it meant, or you didn't really understand it, or you thought it was a cool decision and they were doing it, so I'll do it. But see, when we truly mean When we invite Christ into our life, things are going to change and become way different. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it like this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. It doesn't say you might. It doesn't say it it could happen. It says you will be saved. And then it says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You could also say all who truly and genuinely call upon the name of the Lord, your life is going to become different. Your life is going to begin to change. Now, what I'm not saying is that as believers, as Christ followers, that we don't struggle with sin because we do. That's why you've got to hear that being a Christian is not about being perfect. It's about following Christ. And when you mess up, you confess it. You ask the Lord to forgive you, and you go through life. You keep living, and you keep trying your best with his help to honor God. But tonight, some of you have never made that decision, and I want to give you that opportunity. But first, let me give you the second thing that we can do as far as an action step when it comes to seeking truth. Pray through your doubts. Pray. Pray through your doubts. And on the bottom of your outline, I included this prayer. It says, Lord Jesus, help me to overcome my belief. In the area of my life where I have doubts, help me to see your truth. Amen. Students, the truth is when we have doubts, oftentimes the best thing we can do is just bring that to God in prayer. God, I am questioning something. I'm having a really hard time with something. Will you help me see the truth? Will you open my eyes? Will you do something so that I can see what you clearly see? But tonight, some of you, you doubt your salvation, and you should, because you've never made that decision, and tonight is the night. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads, and I want you to close your eyes, and I want to talk to you for just a second. If you're in here tonight and you would say, that's me. I, I, I know that I have never truly said yes to Jesus. Now, students, understand, I want you to listen closely. I'm not talking to those of you that would say, man, I just want to, I want to recommit. I want to repent. I want to get my life right. That's a good thing. I want you to do that tonight. But this is for those of you that would say, I have never, ever in my life trusted Jesus and said yes to him for salvation. And if that's you tonight, then I want to pray a prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer in your heart, in your mind. You don't have to pray it out loud, just kind of from your chair. You would say, you know what, I know that I truly want to give my life to Jesus tonight for the very first time. I don't want to doubt it anymore. I want to know that I know that I know that he is my Lord and Savior. And so if that's you tonight, pray this very simple prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. 
And I need you to save my life. Save me from my sin, Lord. Forgive me from my sin. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me. And so I commit my life to you. Thank you for saving me. Begin to change me. Make me more like you. In Jesus' name.